The Guardian. Hello again, this is Michael White with The Guardian's Daily Election Podcast. You thought it was all over, and it might be very soon, but it isn't all over yet. Where are we today? In the fabled corridors of Westminster. Still empty and largely deserted, with the election uh, results being digested, and across the street where all the action is, uh, negotiations going on between the Liberal Democrats and the Tories. How's it going? I haven't a clue. Westminster is agog with rumour, mainly fueled by journalists talking to each other. But we've come to test the waters, to see who's turned up. The old MPs who've survived the election cull, the new MPs who are finding their way around looking for the loo. I recognise that blonde hair. It must be Joe Johnson, the new MP for Orpington. Congratulations on your win. How big was the majority? Precisely. Oh, roughly. Uh, 17,200. Oh, you can weigh a majority like that. You don't have to count it. How was the campaign for you? Uh, Terrific. Great fun. We canvassed 18,000 homes. Wow. Yeah. Hard work. Uh, You don't regret going into politics yet? Not yet. What's your take on the big picture? Do you think we're going to get a pact with the Lib Dems? Somebody's shouting, tell him nothing. One of these older and wiser Conservative uh, colleagues is saying to Joe Johnson, tell him nothing. I'm sure it's kindly meant. But you haven't got, you, you, you found your way to the loo and that sort of thing yet? Or? Millie, who's John Horham's parliamentary assistant and researcher, is, is showing me around. John Horham used Millie to be Trotter. the MP for uh, uh, Orpington, an unusual MP, uh, uh, Mr. Horham, because when I knew him, he was Labour, then he became SDP, and he ended up as a Conservative minister. Not many careers are like that, and I take it you don't plan to have that sort of exotic no, career I either. I don't plan to move on. I would have to follow and go UKIP BNP to continue the progression, but I have no intention of doing so. Ah, we found I've got a microphone well, here. But I'm heading that way to yeah. see someone so is it really urgent are you an optimist about the talks going on oh, i hope so because i mean we've got to have a secure stable government in the interest of the nation so yeah, if we don't do that uh, then people are going to ask all kinds of questions particularly in the financial markets so hopefully something can be resolved which gives us a stable and secure government for them uh, and allows with, us to deal with some of the problems with, we face with the Lib Dems and not necessarily a coalition uh, I mean, we'll have to wait and see what comes out of the detail of the talks. I think what matters is there's something secure and stable that uh, means we can have a government that operates in the interest of the nation. Chris Galing, Shadow Home Secretary, thank you. Oh, look, 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 in a red coat, uh, coming out of the post office, it's Glenda Jackson, Oscar winner and MP for Hampstead. How did you get away with it? 64 votes. What was the secret? I beg your pardon, it was 42 votes. 42, it was 42 votes, I'm sorry. of a sweeter victory? <laughs> I cannot. But what was, was there anything, what was it, what, just luck? Hard work? I don't know what you mean. Well, there was a heavy swing. What was the swing against you? A heavy swing? I don't don't know. I mean, it was a new constituency. It was new to all of us. Um, So we were new. Notionally due to win or to lose on the reform boundaries? Oh, well, I mean, the newspapers had written me off completely. Done that before, uh, haven't they? Not often. Okay. So you're glad to be back? Well, I'm delighted, and I'm delighted, as I say, with the win to have won with just 42 votes it gives you some idea of how we worked up there and it's fantastic and the plethora of emails that are pouring in from the constituency is very heartening oh good that's a good way to end thank you thank you good luck before we do anything else uh, let's have an update with andy sparrow the guardian's live blogger andy you've been following it closely all day what's going on 
It looks as though the Tories and the Liberal Democrats are getting close to a deal. We saw William Hague come out of the Cabinet Office at half past 11 saying that the two teams were working very well together. Nick Clegg has told the BBC that the talks have been going swimmingly and that he's close to a, uh, close to a deal. Many people are quite anxious to know what's going on. Uh, when will a decision be uh, reached? When will announcements be made? Uh, I, I simply say that... Uh, all political parties, all political leaders are working flat out, round the clock, to try and um, act on the decision of the British people last Thursday in the election result and in line with those, uh, with, uh, with, the, with the votes cast and the uh, seats won last week, uh, arrive at a decision as quickly as possible. And we are certainly speaking on behalf of the Liberal Democrats, we're working around the clock meetings, telephone calls constantly going on so that we can provide that clarity as soon as possible. But no one's telling us uh, what is being discussed in any substance, so to see it in writing, I wouldn't be sure. Absolutely not. Somebody told me five minutes ago they were moving away from a deal and it was all looking very tricky, but none of us know, do we? No, until we see a bit of paper. Labour are still in the game and it's emerged today that um, uh, a Labour team met the Lib Dem team yesterday the BBC's reporting that Gordon Brown had a face-to-face meeting with Nick Clegg uh, so the, the the hopes of the, the rainbow coalition, the, the, the reds and the, the yellows and possibly so the, the Guardian sort of has that, been advocating. Which the Guardian's been advocating uh, although that not, might not necessarily <laughs> assure its success but but that that hope is still alive it's not it's not dead yet this nick clegg chap he hasn't been too timing these two girls gordon brown and david cameron has he well it, i mean he he is the kingmaker although of course he went around the country telling us that the, the voters are the kingmaker but he's now the kingmaker himself and and he's he's entitled uh, to see who puts in the best offer i don't see what's wrong with that but there's certainly oh, we, but he was a bit righteous about it all saying what a shower they were on both sides never mind he's got what he wanted for be careful what you want richard ottaway was was, was complaining about uh, back tory, MP. tory mps was complaining about half an hour ago on telly about backdoor deals when he'd heard reports of these so uh it's quite possible that that might sort of work um uh, uh scare some of the conservatives off but we frankly just don't have no idea at this stage and for a reality check, let's go over to John Dennis, who's been asking the voters, who didn't think they voted for this, many of them, exactly what they think of the shows going so far. John is just outside Southwark Cathedral, a mile or so from here. I'm outside London's Southwark Cathedral. Southwark, of course, a Liberal Democrat stronghold, a seat held by Simon Hughes for the best part of the last 30 years. Uh, just trying to find out whether people think the Liberal Democrats should do a deal with the Conservatives. Yes, I do think they should. I think it's quite exciting because they're obviously, although they didn't get as many votes they expected, they're very popular with people, so it's a good thing. I don't think so they should do it, but again, I'm actually supporting Labour, so... The Conservatives would have been a little bit extreme with the courts and stuff, but the Liberal Democrat might get them to do some balance. I think they probably should because we need to get a solution. I'm not sure whether the, the Tories will actually give way on, on the uh, PR front. I think they probably should, actually, and let, let, us, let us make a decision on what, what we want to do. The Tories should give in on the electoral reforms. I think that's really important on Europe as well, I think, because if they decide to go the, the Conservative route, then I'm not sure that's good news for, for the UK. Do you think the Liberal Democrats should do a deal with the Conservatives? I'm really not sure, probably, but I'm not happy about a hung parliament. Don't go anywhere, does it? Yes, I think they should do. It's very important because 
at the end, the nation should have a stable government. Uh, yes, I do. I think they got the most votes and the most seats. Therefore, that's the right democratic thing to do. And there is a danger in general with hung parliaments. You end up with small parties who don't have a mandate democratically forcing the agenda like you see in countries like Israel. Do I think the Liberal Democrats should deal with Conservatives? I prefer them not to. I prefer it to be an outright mandate for one party or another, to be honest. I don't like hung parliaments in any way, shape or form. They should do for country, better for the country's better future. Yeah, they should do, I think, yeah. I think so, yeah, because the Tories won it, they got the majority. Even though it wasn't the majority, they got the popular vote, so... I would like to see less confrontational politics. They've all got to get together and do something. I don't think they should because they're two polar opposites. It's left and right. It doesn't really make sense on their policies for them to be together. It's that thing that we've voted for a particular party. We've not voted for a coalition. We've not. No one has put in a box, I want Lib Dem and Conservative or Lib Dem and Labour to join up. So no one's actually voted for this outcome. Well, it's after lunch now and uh, we're determined to track whatever action is going on around here. Uh, so we've come into Westminster Hall, ancient Westminster Hall, the oldest part of the Palace of Westminster, the bit which was rescued from the Great Fire of 1834, rescued again when the German bombs fell on the Commons Chamber in May 1941. Uh, it was built by uh, William Rufus, William the Conqueror's son, who died mysteriously in the New Forest in 1100. So it's pretty old and pretty magnificent, vast and empty, used nowadays only for great state occasions, a visit by Nelson Mandela or a president. Why are we here? Uh, because the Lib Dems are in caucus upstairs in one of the side rooms off Westminster Hall. Uh, but unfortunately there are two burly policemen standing at the bottom of the steps, keeping me and my fellow hacks in our proper place. So no progress, but we're staking them out. Well, we've got Anne, Anne Treneman, the sketch writer of The Times, and Simon Hoggart, the sketch writer of The Guardian. Difficult day for sketch writers, chaps. No, it's not. It's an easy day. Why? Because we're running around. Everyone wants to talk to us because everyone's so excited about God knows what, but they're all excited. The Labour MPs are all excited. The Tory MPs are all excited. The Lib Dems are beside themselves with thrilled them. If it's all so easy, why are you standing at the bottom of the steps in front of two burly no, policemen with your fellow hacks and uh, not an MP inside? That because I can see this her. is what happens when history is being made. We stand outside doing nothing for hours, and then they come out. That's what history is. I've discovered that this week. Simon, are you as confident as Anne about the process? We've been fascinated by little details. All the new MPs <laughs> have uh, a green badge, like uh, drinks monitors, that Quite kind of thing. They do, yes. And. Oh, excuse me, that's my mobile phone. That'll it's be an probably MP the one Prime Minister ringing him up to <laughs> consult on the final points. You can see Tim Razzle, Lord Razzle as, as he is, Lib Dem peer and mover and shaker. Let's see if we can stop him. The BBC's got to him first. Let's see what he's saying. Tim Razzle, are you saying anything to the BBC? I'm not saying anything to anybody. Uh, you, but you will to me. What's the secret? What's the deal? I'm not saying... Doorstep. <laughs> and now I'm being laughed at by Nick Robinson. <laughs> He thinks our technique is rotten. What did I do wrong there, Nick? I've got to teach you something here, which is they don't ever tell us anything on microphones. People like you find things off microphones. Oh, gosh, that's the secret. You see, I didn't know. Excitement here. Two Lib Dems. One of them is John Hemmings, the MP for Birmingham Yardley. The other one I don't recognise. He must be a secret man of power. I've just gone in. They've not said anything to anyone. And then another one slipped in, Lord McNally, Tom McNally, used to be the special advisor to Jim Callaghan, became a Labour MP, jumped ship to the uh, uh, old SDP 25, 30, 30 years ago now, and uh, now is uh, leader of the Lib Dems in the House of Lords. Interesting, the older 
members of the Lib Dem party are very keen on not getting entangled with the Tories. Uh, they still hanker for a bit of footsie under the duvet with the Labour Party, which is where so many of them, McNally, uh, uh, Shirley Williams and others, started out. Right, nothing to be seen uh, here yet. Uh, so what about Lib Dem voters? Uh, Steve Morris, The Guardian's West Country correspondent, who's been sounding out the voters of Somerset. And yeah. you're a Liberal Democrat voter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. do you think about coalition? I think it's bad news, really, for the simple reason that you have three parties anyway. And I think it really it ought to go on the majority, like, you know. What, what the, I mean, that's the way the thing works, isn't it? It comes confusing after that, doesn't it? In my way of thinking. So you wouldn't like to see the Lib Dems working with the Tories? Not really, no. No, because they don't add up, does it? Because they've all got different policies, haven't they? I mean, somebody's got to give in to a policy that it gone to the elected for. My name's Sam Crabb. I was the agent for David Laws during the general election. And I'm the deputy chair for Yeovil constituency, Liberal Democrats. We have to be patient and we have to sit back and wait for our very able negotiating team to come up with a deal. And that deal has got to be, obviously, in the national interest. A lot of the people that I speak to believe that the country is in crisis and we need to have a stable government. We have to have proper talks, proper negotiations, so that we can come to a proper outcome at the end of the day. I'm Jay Stone. And you're a 19-year-old, I understand. I'm, yes. I'm looking for a few younger people to talk to as well mm-hmm. today. I think it's probably the most interesting sort of situation we could possibly be in. And uh, there's a lot of worry about what, about giving up the sort of left-wing ideals of the Liberal Democrats and going into a coalition with the Conservatives, specifically since they a large Conservative following are pushing for right-wing leaders like Ian Duncan Smith to be given cabinet positions if this happens. It seems quite contradictory. Having said that, if this is the price they want for voting reform and if there is going to be another election within a year which seems to be almost a given fact right now if there is this voting reform then it might be worth it because surely that can only damage the Conservatives and and support the Liberal Democrats and get them more seats and consequently more of a say in Parliament. So as long as you get voting reform you don't really mind what happens? Well I'd I'd like this right-wing thing to not really happen in the first place but as it stands if it gets voting reform and another election It can only be a good thing for Liberal Democrats, I think. Right, all quiet, so let's go back to Portcullis House, where I started the day, bright sunshine, in what is the new building, the one with the big uh, uh, black chimneys, opposite Big Ben on the riverbank. Lovely building, very modern, popular with MPs, got a big glass atrium and weeping fig trees. Uh, Sun is pouring in, and it's a bit like the first day of school. Just standing here, members coming back. Here is another of the conquering heroes, or perhaps I should say survivors, Paul Farrelly, uh, MP for Newcastle under Lyne, next door to Stoke-on-Trent. Uh, tough contest, Paul Farrelly. It's the toughest ever. Um, for the last year now, uh, my constituency, Labour since 1919, had been on the end of a, a, a well-funded, marginal-style uh, campaign from from the Conservative Party. Is that Lord Ashcroft's money? In part, channelled through Stafford, uh, uh, where my colleague uh, David Kidney lost his seat. They, they simply had uh, more money than they, they knew what to do with. And uh, the, the, clearly the, the, the concern is that the Tory coffers are, are brimful for the next uh, election, uh, whenever it comes, and, uh, and we, have to, we have to raise the money again. 
Le right, let's cut to the chase. What was your majority a week ago and what is it now? I was just over 8,000 and that's been cut to 1,552. In fact, the, uh, one of the weekend newspapers helpfully pointed out that uh, mine is the new key marginal where it would just take the Conservatives to a, to a majority. Uh, it must make you feel really relaxed. If we have, uh, You seem to be suggesting we might have another election this year. Michael, I, I, uh, I note that the tone of surprise in your question, but uh, it, may, uh, it may be later this year, it may be next year, who knows? It depends on, on the arrangement, clearly the Liberal Democrats will, uh, will form with the Conservatives. Be one, do you? Uh, my experience in, in, uh, in, in, in my local area where the council is run by a Liberal Democrat uh, uh, and Conservative coalition is that despite many sticking points along the way, they, they find it uh, convenient to rub along together. There's the Tory party chairman, Eric Pickles. I bet he's not saying much while these talks go on. Majority up, majority down. What was the story well, locally? The majority was uh, up. I've got a majority of 33%. I got 57% of the vote. You got 57%. So you would even win under the alternative vote if we have voting reform. What was it? Were you part of the national swing or did you have a personal vote? I, um, I had um, three and a half percent swing from the Liberal Democrats to me. Must be satisfying. Or aren't we allowed to say that during these negotiations? That was Eric Pickles. Thank you very much. Now, who am I talking to? I'm talking to Pat McFadden, the uh, uh, minister in many, many departments. What were you in which department when the music stopped business, I think? I was. And you were in charge of post office reform and other very difficult subjects? Uh, I was, yes. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen now, or do we? No, we don't. I'm just and watching it on television the same as everybody else. Now, I've just finally found... Uh, uh, um, a new member I know because I went to his election in Marginal Watford two or three weeks ago. It sounds like, uh, uh, feels like a year ago. Uh, and the only bit I can't manage is his first name. Richard. Harrington. Correct. Right. And three-way marginal, uh, held by Labour's Claire Ward. Uh, Lib Dem, very strong presence there. Candidate thought she was going to win. You were a bit of a no-hoper. Your election literature was hopeless, she told me. Huh, I'm at a night at the prom. Yet here you are and she's not. What happened? Well, you've heard it all before, Mike. That's very much what Libs do. They had to put out leaflets with themselves winning and the leaflet on the day was great victory for South, for that. South Brinton, think, that yes. was it, wasn't it? And Yes, daughter of the late Sir Timothy Brinton, Conservative Member of Parliament. I didn't know that, gosh. Good friend well, of Ken Clark's he was, and a very nice man he was. He was he the television broadcaster? Yes. He was a newscaster, right. gosh, in my youth. Uh, well, was. well. Now, tell me, what were the clinching local factors in your campaign? Well, the arrogance of the Lib Dems put a lot of people off on a local, but nationally, which is the most important thing. I think people realise how it um, important the David Cameron Gordon Brown fight was and realised that the Lib Democrats really were no answer. Their policies on Trident and Euro and all this sort of thing people didn't like and also they warmed very much to David Cameron and our strong belief in public services. Uh, you sound as if you're not too keen on the prospect of a LibCon coalition or understanding in the next day or so. I trust the leadership. Oh, that's a good answer. That's a, for a newcomer, that's an excellent answer. This man will go far. Congratulations. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much, Mike. Now, we're really lucky here because we found Andrew Jimson, not only the sketch writer of the Daily Telegraph, but the biographer of Boris Johnson. Do you know that I think I saw Boris's little brother, Joe Johnson, newly elected MP for Orpington, in the building this morning. Can you confirm that is so? Uh, I, I, your I, expert knowledge, Andrew? I too glimpsed him, and I'm, what I'm very pleased about um, people like him is that we know he went to a good school, which I think is very, very important if you're going to be in the House of Commons, don't you? 
Did he by chance go to Eden? He did, indeed, yes. That was <laughs> Some people say he's the really ambitious one, not like Boris. Um, what's your sense of the mood here? Um, uh, well, it's like the first day at school and people sort of don't know where the changing rooms are and whether they can... <laughs> <laughs> but they might meet some Lib Dems if they go down there and, you know... And you're find misdirecting them, find them, I take it, to the wrong changing room. <laughs> well, sending are, them to the girls' shower. There are a lot of very charming um, um, tail-coated attendants who oh, will Gosh, I've just seen a new member right. over your shoulder. I'm pretty sure it's Liz Kendall, Labour MP. Head. Uh, stuff you, Jimson. We're off to catch up. <laughs> this is Liz Kendall, whom I last saw several years ago as a special advisor at the Department of Health to uh, uh, Patricia Hewitt. Uh, she's now just turned up here and I spotted her, as you often do with new members on the Labour side, because she's wearing a very smart red dress, <laughs> as if to say, hey, I know whose side I'm on. Uh, where did you get, where did you get elected and how was the election for you? Uh, I was, I'm the MP for Leicester West. Have you ever um, said that to anybody before? Is this your first no, time? No, it is, I haven't ever said it before. It feels the very strange West, eh? still. It yeah. was, uh, oh, I loved the campaign. I loved campaigning. It was great. I'd be tempted to be absolutely, absolutely rude about the Guardian. Of you would. That's why we came to no, talk no, to you. No, no, uh, no, we're, no, no. we're talking here to John Spello, the man who put the A into apparatchik, and who's always got an interesting take on politics, and I can never be sure what it is. How do you see it, John? Well, I think the, uh, the Guardian must be feeling very sorry for themselves because they backed the Lib Dems uh, on the grounds that this would lead to a progressive consensus and at the first opportunity they've rushed off to try and do a deal with the, with the Tories. I think it shows the nature of many of the uh, many of the Lib Dems, but of course we'll see if it ends in tears by the end of today rather than in uh, some months' time. You always go straight to the point, John Speller. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's it for today. I'm in a position which a journalist often finds himself in. Uh, I'm recording this when I don't know the answer to these dramatic negotiations which have been going on uh, in Westminster all day, but you as the listener almost certainly do. It's a bit like writing the first edition story on election night, knowing that people who read the first edition will know who's won by the time it reaches their breakfast table. So I'm not going to make any foolish predictions. This is a fast-moving situation. The air is full of pleasing rumours, and with luck, we'll be able to discuss what really happened or hasn't happened when we meet again tomorrow. I'm Mike White. We'll talk again.